podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, if you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit CIA.gov careers. See yourself here. Somewhat back to normality, obviously, after a couple of, uh, I want to say restful weeks off, but traipsing around theme parks in 30 degree heat is not what I call a rest. But anyway, that's what I was doing for two weeks over in America, where they helpfully dropped the COVID tests while I was there, Tony, (laughs) which frustrated the life out of us, I can tell you. But anyway, enough about about me. I'm joined by Tony Haggerty. How are you doing, Tony? I'm very well, Laura. Welcome back. Good to see you. Uh, I'm uh, I'm I'm glad to be back. Lots to talk about. A good day to be back. Actually, we've got um we've got the fixtures being released. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it was this morning. I can't remember exactly what time it was, but I think it was this morning. So we'll we'll dive straight into that before we talk about anything else. Mm-hmm. Tony, nine a.m. I think they were released, Laura. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, um, I was probably still battling some form of jet lag at that point, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll not go into that. Um. So, what's your first initial impressions? We'll get into the nitty gritty of it a bit, obviously, later in the show. But what's your first impressions of what you've seen so far of the of the fixture breakdown? I was pretty disappointed that Celtic aren't playing on a Saturday. The curtain raiser, mm-hmm. you know, the the game, the showcase game to unfurl the flag. Can't understand why we're half four on a Sunday. I think it's a ridiculous time, and mm-hmm. I feel for any Aberdeen fans who are maybe planning. On going, don't going to the game or coming to the game. That's a ridiculous time uh, to have a an Aberdeen support travelling to Glasgow uh, for a, for a football match. I, I maintain Flag Day is a big day in the calendar. Mm. Champions should be the cut and razor to the season. That should be the first game. Should be twelve o'clock, half past twelve on the Saturday. Don't see any reason why. And I need that explained. I like a lot of Celtic supporters will probably need that explained to them. That's my initial thoughts. Trips to Dingwall, Tanadice, uh, I believe, uh, mm-hmm. and somewhere else, Marmot, before they play Rangers in the first derby of the season, September 3rd. And that's shaping up to be a bit of a big week, Laura, because they will contest their inaugural Champions League group stage campaign under Anne to play Rangers on this Saturday, well, supposedly Saturday at 3 o'clock, isn't it? Yeah, that's what it's listed as at the moment anyway, yep. That'll get moved and then they'll play in the Champions League on either the Tuesday or the Wednesday, match day one, the group mm-hmm. stage, depending on who they've drawn. You know, that's shaping up to be a quite a pivotal week very early in the season. Yep. You know, so uh, yeah, it's, listen, we spoke off air and I'm like you, you have to play all the teams regardless doesn't really matter when, but I'm just a bit miffed that Celtic are not getting their kind of big day on the Saturday, the, you know, the the flag raising day. You know, I, I, don't, I don't understand why it's a Sunday and I feel for Aberdeen fans as well. I, I really, I, I say that, I, I, you know, you want, you want these games to be spectacles, you want as many people in. It's yeah. nice to see a lot of Aberdeen fans travel down for that one and I think they've got a raw deal on that. Both clubs, to be honest. 
Yeah, I, I think we have, and I'll certainly air my thoughts on that in a second. But just um, wh- wh- what you were touching on there, I'll, I'll run through it for anybody who's not managed to see it. So, match day one is currently listed as the 30th of July, where we'll place uh, Aberdeen uh, at Celtic Park. Uh, we'll then go away to Dingwall to play Ross County on the 6th of August. Match day three, 13th of August, we'll go to Rugby Park to play Kilmarnock now that they've returned to the top flight. Match day four, we'll be at home to Harps. Um, match day five will be away to Dundee United uh, at Tannadice and then as you said match day six which is currently listed for three o'clock on Saturday the 3rd of September will be us at home to Rangers which I, I anticipate changing as you said before um, but t- but touching on that, um, that Aberdeen thing I think you raise a fair point not only from the point of view of us as Celtic supporters obviously wanting that, that curtain raiser and and do you know, as a league, I think, and I would say the same regardless of who won the league, I, I think it's important to start off on your best foot and what better way to do that than to celebrate the champions of the of the previous season. A curtain raiser on a Saturday at 12 o'clock or 3 o'clock uh, where you get to unfurl the flag, have your celebrations and kick off the league in, in the best of spirits is is what I think is the best way to go. With all due respect to Livingston, I think having Rangers v Livingston be the first fixture of the uh, uh, of the the season. Uh, well, it's Livingston v Rangers, I should say, at twelve o'clock is a little bit of a a lower profile game to start the league with, and I don't think it's necessarily the right way to to start things off. Um, and I, as you said, for Aberdeen fans, I mean, I, I wouldn't fancy traveling you know three hours on a bus and then three hours back up the road at half four on a Sunday at the best of times never mind for the first game of the season you know it's it's kind of a maybe their spirits will be highest for the first game of the season I don't know but it it just does seem like a little bit of a, a backward step do you think it's just been a case of has it been a deliberate decision do you think for some security reason or other or do you think it's just been the computer spit things out the way it does and that's just the way it's landed well, they're playing in perpetual motion. The champions always kicked off the start of the season, to my knowledge. Mm. can't remember when they didn't. So, as you say, and it's no disrespect to the Rangers or Livingston saying it's a, a, a less high-profile game. Whatever way you want to look at it, that, that might well be the case. Just mm. Rangers and Livingston. Rangers are not the champions. Celtic are the champions. Give the champions yeah. their, their due respect. Have them kick off your, your brand-new season. Full house crowd at Celtic Park unfurling the flag you know, against an Aberdeen team who Jim Gooden wants to put his stamp over. It's actually a very attractive game. So mm-hmm. whoever made this decision uh, to to shelve it on Saturday and put it to the Sunday at half past four, it's preposterous, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, and I know Celtic have been asked to go to Aberdeen on many occasions at you know in opportune times and, and I get all that, but I, I just think that it's your opening day of the season. It should be about the champions from the previous season. And it's not. And all those teams are going to kick off ahead of Celtic. You know, who have played, and Aberdeen who played 24 hours later. And I don't know, I, I just, it jars with me a bit. You know, and I would like someone to come out and actually explain the rudiments of that or how they arrived at this decision. And, you know, I, I just, because I, I can't see any, logical explanation for it, Laura. Yeah, um, and Fuji's toner on YouTube, thanks for comments, says, what about our own fans that travel from Ireland and up from England? Um, yeah, they, they, say, they say Sky don't care about Scottish football. I'm not sure I would necessarily go that far, but we do have our own um, element of, of football supporters coming from, from elsewhere ourselves, so it's not going to just be the, the Aberdeen fans that are affected. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of Celtic fans will be inconvenienced by it too. It's just a, mm. a preposterous time for a kickoff. Remember when Satanta came in and they had the half past five or twenty-five to six kickoffs uh, in, in in a Sunday evening, and it was just ludicrous, yeah. absolutely ludicrous. But I, I can't understand it, and I get Celtic fans will be inconvenienced by it too. I mean, I, I you know that, that that's a given. It's just it's it's not a good time. You have your first game of the season. I'm sorry, it's just, and I and I think uh, I think it's pretty unacceptable. Mm. You know, it's a bit of a slap in the dish to the champions. You know, personally speaking, I, I just think the, you know, 
doesn't matter uh, about the until, until the first day of the season. The first day of the season is always about the champions from the previous season, or it should be get to unfurl the flag and, and do their thing at, at their home ground, whoever the opposition may be. You know, Rangers Livingston to kick off the 2022-23 season. I'm sorry, whoever's made that decision, they've called it wrong. Yeah, uh, not the first time the powers of that be have delivered as a slap in the dish, as you say, but uh, we we carry on regardless. Jerry Coyle on YouTube, thanks for commenting, says six point clear going into the to the Rangers game where we go nine clear, mark my words. That is an optimistic way to look at it and I, I wholeheartedly hope that that's the case. Having said that, Tony, looking at that opening six fixtures or so, that includes three away trips, which are uh, listed as Rugby Park, Tanadice and Dingwall, none of which are, are, are places we've found easy to go in the past. Does that, does that cause any concern for you? Or do you think, are we looking at a different team? Are we looking at a different Kilmarnock team? Mm. Are we looking at a weekend Dundee United team? Am I just kind of looking at those in historic context and not in current context? Well, I think you are looking at them in the historic context, but that's what you've got to go on. But mm-hmm. I think the Celtic team's a different animal. You only need to look at the start to the season that they had in the last campaign. Uh, they won three out of their first seven. You know? So it can't really get any worse than that. But bearing in mind, the manager inherited a shambles and he was building and he made a point of saying and he referenced that all through the campaign. We won three games out of our first seven. We had to be almost perfect since then. That's when he went to Fir Park and won 2 nothing, and was telling the journalists when I was standing feet away from him that they called it early here, you know, that kind of thing. So I think this season Celtic will want to hit the ground running mm-hmm. and put themselves in the best possible shape for the Rangers game on September the 3rd and going into the Champions League. They'll want to build up ahead of steam. Jerry saying there'll be six points clear in nine after the Rangers game possibly optimistic, but you look at the first five matches, I, I said it earlier on in a pod I appeared upon, I don't think Celtic will fear any of those, and the target inwardly will be 15 points, outwardly mm. we'll just say the one game at a time stuff, but I think that the management and the players will be disappointed looking at those fixtures if they don't take 15 out of 15, and that's not to be dismissive of any of the opponents because you have to earn the right to play them and beat them, but I just think there's a there's a, a, an eagerness about this Celtic team now to sort of go on an upward trajectory. Yeah. They won the title last season and they won it well. Now they want to do it again and also uh, put themselves in great shape, get into the, the greatest club competition on earth. Yeah. And it's 25th of August, I think, so Champions League so I think that's the kind of next big date until fans stop panicking about announced Jota. You know that <laughs> when that date comes. Uh, but yeah, the twenty fifth of August is another big calendar. That's when Champions League draw will be. But I think you look at those fixtures. There's always a buzz and anticipation when the fixture list is is out, isn't there? You start yeah. plotting your, your kind of course through the season, and and I think. Uh, it's always the old cliche, take it one game at a time, but I think I think most Celtic supporters would be disappointed if they didn't go into the Rangers game with a hundred percent record. And, uh, I would I would I would certainly hope so, because like you say, like I said before, I'm looking at a, a, at it with a histor- historic context in terms of Kilmarnock and yeah. uh, Ta- and Dundee United at Tanadice and them having been tricky places for us to go. But the other way of looking at it is Kilmarnock are newly promoted, Dundee United were newly promoted, I think last season if, I, if I'm not mistaken yeah. and uh, uh, you know looking at it fr- from purely that point of view it's perhaps two of the easier fixtures that we could have got so it's um, it's it's you know it depends on what way you look at it glass half full or glass half empty Ridiculizer says great fixture last list couldn't ha- have asked for any better so yeah. I hope I hope they're right and I hope we I hope like you say we get 15 points going into that Rangers game because um Really, as as we've seen so many times before, um, the Rangers games are obviously important and ones that you want to win, but they're not the ones that win you the league. It's it's every other game in the season pretty much that that, that wins it for you. Um, looking at ahead a little bit, 
without going into the intricacies of it, one of the important things that I thought was a I kind of brought to the fore again with the, the release of the fixture list was the fact that obviously the Qatar World Cup starts on the I think the seventeenth yeah. of November and runs to the eighteenth of, of December this year. Uh most of the top flight uh leagues in Europe and around the world are going to stop for that period of time. Now apparently we are starting back the day before the World Cup final, so obviously the the SFA don't hold too much uh, optimism mm-hmm. for our chances of, of of appearing at any final or any players in any of the clubs appearing at the final. But less said about that, the better. Um, it, it's obviously a strange thing for us. There, there's been a slight change to the fixtures. There's there's Christmas Eve fixtures listed at the moment. We had a bit of a discussion about that before we came on air. How much do you think that's going to affect? teams this season specifically Celtic obviously I know we've got the trip to to Australia to hopefully keep our match fitness up and things like that is it going to throw a bit of the spanner in the works if we're doing well is it going to be a well-earned break for us how do you think it's going to affect our season? Laura you look at it from the kickoff the season from the 31st of July right through to November the 17th what an intense period that's going to be Mm. in terms of fixtures you know, and that that could really make or break what happens in your campaign, and which is why I think Celtic have got the the luxury of having won the title and qualified for the Champions League. That's why it was so so important to win the title and go straight into the group stages. You know, you, you, you know that I I saw during the week there, there was the kind of the, the teams being you know for the, the early rounds of the the Champions League. I think somebody put up a tweet. Thank goodness Celtic aren't. Amongst this lot, and you know, and it's that that in itself, what a boost that's going to be. But you know, you you have a full Champions League group stage campaign to cram in before the start of the World Cup, mm-hmm. and that's the six high intensity matches on, in, in isolation. Regardless of who you get in the draw, those matches are what you want. It's what you crave. But I like to that you're going to have to just keep peaking and peaking and peaking which is why the manager wants a squad that he can rotate, you know, because you can't keep asking the same players. You look this, I don't know how many games there are. I've, I didn't actually count them, but you count them up until November the 17th. That's a, that's a heavy punishing and grueling schedule. And you're asking guys to keep their eye on the ball solidly the whole time and win as many of those games as you can. And, and you know, and then... In the Champions League, you're competing against teams that, you know, you're in, you're in a ball game then. But that's where you want to be. Yeah. Not, we're not in a ball game and, and, and domestically, but you kind of trust the team domestically to mm. beat most opponents. Derby games aside, because they take care of themselves. But even on on occasions, you can get a bloody nose, as the start of last season proved. But again, I'll get back to it. That was a manager, a, a team in transition, and the manager trying to make do with what he had. Now we're not going into this season to make do with what we had. We're going in with a team that the manager and the, and the players will feel are equipped to cope with every domestic and European challenge ahead. And there'll be a mentality about them because they'll have instilled that into them. You know, I, I, I kept going back to it, but when Matt O'Reilly was asked after he won the title at Tannadice, you know, what does it feel like to play in the Champions League? And it was, it was as if the manager was speaking. He said, I don't want to just play in it. I want to win football matches in the Champions League. Yeah. The manager's seen that. So this is this is a team to have come together for this moment, for a season like this, but it's crammed into such a short period of time. You know, and the, 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 will, the will be, it'll be really intense, but it'll be enjoyable because it's where you want to play your football. You want to play in big matches. You want to play in the greatest club competition on earth so bring it on and I think that's what excites the Celtic fans yeah I think uh, (laughs) the last time you and I were on just the two of us together we pretty much talked ourselves into the Europa League final I think in in Hungary so we'll steer clear of that today but it's it, this kind of day in the in the calendar does bring that out in you. The the fixtures are released. You're looking ahead. You've got a concrete season to to pin your hopes on, and obviously we've got we've got something to look forward to. Speaking of things to look forward to, obviously um 
having had the discussion we've had and the, and the the change in the season structure and things like that, um, David Ferguson says Andrew will have taken all this into consideration. The man plans well in advance, as as we both well know. Tony, having been on the receiving end of some of his answers in person, we mm. both know how well in advance he plans what he's going to say and do. So, uh, I don't think we need reminded of that. Um, I went on this morning talking about planning in advance and. Uh, just double check the Celtic um, transfers just to make sure because as, as you know yourself very often when you're preparing for a show you can have all your questions lined up and everything lined up and completely miss that some piece of news has broken that you've been unaware of uh, in the period of time you've been doing that. Unfortunately no signing of, of Jota. Urban Coach he says Laura's back what have you done with Jota? I promise you I've done nothing with Jota um, I, I don't know where he is or what he's doing at the moment I hope he'll be signed soon, but obviously the only conf- confirmed signings we've got at the moment are still Carter Vickers and Dyson Maida, uh, who've made both their moves permanent. Uh, before we look into the intricacies of what we're expecting from the transfer market this summer, were you expecting more movement inwards? I know we've got rid of a lot of players so far this 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 summer, but were you expecting a lot more inward movement by this time, or did you think it's still early doors for you? We're a week into the transfer window. <laughs> I can't. I, I've a piece on the Celtic way this morning about Jota. Yeah. And I premised it on, remember the old only an excuse? It was a tape. Well, you probably get it on cassette now, but you can download the archives. And there was a skit, and it was like Tony Roper doing Jack McGinn, and it was about you know, how they were going to combat Rangers' big spending under Sunnis and Jack McGinn, a.k.a. Tony Roper, said, there'll be no panic buying, just panic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, and, and that's all I've been hearing from the Celtic supporters with regards to water. Yeah. We can't understand. They're working themselves into a state of boxing frenzy. You know that? You, you know, you see the guy on holiday. He's on holiday. Yeah. <laughs> enjoying himself he's wearing Celtic tops abroad as yeah. strike me as the kind of behaviour of someone who's not going to sing for the club and yeah. I think if there was a whiff of that deal going awry I'm sure the manager would walk away because he plans meticulously in advance you yeah. look at the players that have been linked with the club there are no wingers being linked with the club Jota's not talking to other other clubs is he? Not that I've seen no and if, he's, and if his future wasn't secure you would be doing him a disservice if you're his agent, if you weren't on whisking him off to here, there and everywhere to talk to clubs to secure his future elsewhere. Yeah. I'm fairly relaxed about it all. You know, Celtic turn up for pre-season, minus Jota, then we might start to go, oh But the manager is, you know, he, there's a previous commenter said there, he's planned things meticulously. And if the, that deal's not happening, he would walk away. And as I say, mm-hmm. that Riley McGree, Right, so it's I. Uh, it's it's because in January Celtic brought in a lot of players very very quickly. I think everyone mm-hmm. wanted the same thing to happen. You know, they brought in, they've secured Cameron Carter Vickers. You know, fans are like brilliant. Announced Jota. <laughs> you know that kind of. It's just like wait a minute. <laughs> you know, you've just seen that a, a, a top class defender. You know, who was one of the reasons why you won the title. Rejoicing that. Players will come in, you know, and the manager will get them in and he'll get them in in plenty of time to bed them in and do a decent pre-season with the other guys that have already been there. You know, Seagreast is another one who's been linked, supposedly coming in or close to finalising a, a deal for him. You know, but you could sit here all day and talk about players that have been linked with Celtic, you know, and take up the whole programme with guys that might not eventually sign for the club. You know, yeah. so in terms of activity, Celtic supporters may be a bit, you know, annoyed that they've not done enough business already. Or a mm. transfer in a week, <laughs> seven days. <laughs> it opened last week, you know what I mean? And I believe that some uh, deals, international deals, can't be done until July the 1st. Is that right? That's I think so, yeah. Yeah, standard. I think so. so you know, because players' contracts actually run out on June the 30th. So, yeah. so, I mean, that's, I, you know, relax. Don't panic. Yes. We'll do business. You know, the players will come in. So, 
uh, as I say, you could we could talk about taxi driver rumours, as it's called. <laughs> All the players that are linked with a move to Celtic. You know, you just know that the manager and the board are doing their business prudently. That's yeah. all you, you trust this you trust the process, don't you? Yeah, uh, well, I certainly do. An Egyptian king uh, has uh, said what I think we're all feeling. I've never missed anyone as much as, much as I miss Ange these past few weeks. Uh, I mean, the, the man certainly deserves his break. But yeah, I'm, 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 I'm feeling the withdrawal symptoms, that's for sure. I've been watching all the, the videos and documentaries of one year of Ange. And I have to say, I am... Um, I'm itching, I'm champing at the bit to get to get back into it and, and to see what he's got to bring us next. You can um, see the clip, Laura, of the guy at his wedding, his wedding speech. Yes, I did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, the, to the person that's changed his life and he's raised a glass. <laughs> Anne's close to coggling. Is his bride sitting there like that? Uh, you know, and and that's, how it, that's how it affects people. You know? yeah. yeah. You know, you would actually say that on your wedding day. And, and you know what? There is 100% truth to that. That's probably the way he feels. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, and if- uh, that's what football and Ange especially has, has done to the Celtic supporters. Uh, and if, if Glasgow weddings are anything to go by in the modern age, there will be people from both sides of the, the fence at that wedding, so it'll have gone down <laughs> equally as well in, in both halves, I'm sure. But uh, no, I did I did have a chuckle at that. I thought if I was the bride in that situation myself, I think I'd have been in full agreement. So, uh, <laughs> but it was it was it was a good one. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure somebody will forward it to you on WhatsApp. It's it's a classic, but. Uh, Looking ahead a little bit, and I, I don't want to get too dreamy about it. We've touched on it slightly before. Uh, the Champions League groups, obviously the, the draw isn't until 25th of August. We're in the fortunate and luxurious position of not having to do um, any qualifiers, which I believe would have been kicking off sometime within the next couple of weeks if we'd have been involved in them, which is insane to think about. Um, so uh, it's... It's crazy, but looking at you know the draw and your dream picks and things like that, what would what would your personal preference be in terms of? Do you want a group that we have a real chance of qualifying for, or is it the glamorise you're after? Is it the big teams, regardless of whether we we get ourselves a, a hiding in Europe? Well, I don't really care who we get in the Champions League. You're playing top caliber teams. Yeah. I don't, I, the eternal optimist in me never thinks that Celtic can't finish first in a group. Mm-hmm. Regardless if you draw right at Madrid, I still, I still say, well, Celtic can finish first because they can beat MD at home and take their chances away. You know, so I, I, I first and foremost, if we get a group of death, as it's called, or a, a doable group, it doesn't matter. You're in the Champions League. You're you're yeah. in you're in Europe at Europe's being football's top table. You're in amongst the elite. I've said it before, Celtic have to have a rip at this competition. Mm-hmm. Target first place. Can I get first, get second? Can I get second, get third? You get into the Europa League and then take your chances in, in that competition. But I, I think that's the way the manager thinks as well. Yeah. You know, you'll be targeting first place regardless if you draw Real Madrid and any other heavyweight that you want to want to mention. That that's just it's my nature as well. Yeah. I don't see why Celtic can't compete domestically and then Europe. Well, well, European form in the past couple of decades has been pretty lamentable, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, Seville aside, you know, so uh, I I want to redress that. And I think we've got a manager that wants to redress that because he wants to make his name on that stage. And I think I mean, what, what better way to do it than to go in amongst some heavyweights and you take who you get in the Champions League groups, don't you? Yeah. You know, had horrendous luck in, in, in the draw. You know, it's that's what it is. It's a draw. It's you you can't control it. So you you embrace it. But you go in with the best team that you can cobble together. And I think that's what the board and this manager want to do. Give Celtic a fighting and competitive chance in Europe and, and see where we go. You know, Martin O'Neill's team did well in Europe. Lots of great teams with a Massive European pedigree came to Celtic Park and left with nothing. So you know what it's like. It's it's a wonderful competition and it it does strange things to Celtic players. It does weird things to the supporters. You know, just the music itself. It's it's just wonderful. They're just they're wonderful nights and and 
every Celtic memory is based on, you know, European Cup nights, Champions League nights, most of them. You know, yeah. so everybody has them. But it's, it's, I mean, I'm a traditionalist. I'd love to see it go back to the round robin when we, you get a draw and then over two legs and you take a chance, but that's never coming back. Uh, but, you know, it's... No enough money, Tony. No enough money. Yeah, exactly, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's all it's about. But I mean, I grew up watching, you know, as a kid, watching the likes of Real Madrid, Ajax, you know, come to Celtic Park. So, uh, I, you know, and, and loved it. Just thought, you know, thought Celtic, Celtic were playing against the best and you were seeing the best players as well. So you, you, you embrace that. And I think this manager really wants to have a go to it as well. That's where he sees himself, and that's and the great thing is that's where he sees Celtic, and a yeah. club of stature and size should be there. That's the rightful place, and let's go in and, and claim some scalps if they can. Yeah, I think um, I think the only reason I brought it up is because, and this is this is a very privileged position to be speaking from, but I, I've said many times before we do seem to have a habit of drawing the same names out the hat. Benfica, Leon, AC Milan, Barcelona all spring to mind as having been uh, Shakhtar's another one. Uh, you know, repeat offenders in terms of teams who we've not only come up against but who have have given us a bit of a scene to in Europe. And and there's a bit of me that would like to freshen things up as far as that's concerned. Just a few of the the suggestions coming through. Um, John Boy 67 says, I want Real Madrid. Um, uh, JJ Celtic says they would like Liverpool. And Fuji's toners come in saying Real Madrid, Juventus and Sporting Lisbon. That'd be a cracking group, by the way. Um, I think... Uh... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I, like you say, though, it all comes down to, you know, we're lucky to be, well, no, we're not lucky to be there. We deserve to be there, but we're playing against them. Um, high calibre opposition, whoever it is, and I think that's the important thing to remember, isn't it? Would you back against Celtic in a kind of battle of Britain? Actually, against Liverpool? I, I, honestly, honestly, I don't fear anybody coming to Celtic yeah. Park you know, at all. So, yeah, and I think now you, you know, under Brendan Rodgers, we took a few Inverness Clack Cuddens, didn't we? You know, so yeah, yeah. which wasn't enjoyable to watch, and I've spoken about that before. That's not enjoyable, but I don't think this this team will, will be treated the same way in Europe. Yeah. You know, so or play the same way in Europe. So I just think uh, it's it's a bit different now. We can go in and we can compete. I'm not saying we're going to beat the likes of Real Madrid or, or Liverpool, but hey, you know we're in there, so let's give it a rip. You know, let's let's go at it and treat yeah. it with the reverence and respect it deserves, and and play Angie's Angie's bond of saying, let's go and play our kind of football, our brand of football, and see yeah. how it measures and competes against against the rest. See if you can get success because it's proven in the past you can get success. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm all for it, and I don't know about you, but August the twenty fifth can't come quick enough because I'm desperate to see we get the Champions League. I, I genuinely don't care. I, I'm excited to see where this Ange Postecoglou Celtic team can go under them and how they can compete. And yes. there's some green shoots last season when I've spoken about. We went to Germany and Spain. We scored five goals over those two legs against teams that are arguably Champions League uh, calibre. We still lost, but if you, if everything's a learning curve, then surely we've learned from those experiences, you know. And uh, we'll be better. We'll be better equipped because we'll have a better team. We'll have better players in the team, and uh, we'll, the, the manager will be expanding his knowledge. He's expanding his knowledge every day. So I I, I can't wait for the Champions League to where once that music starts, it's just it's as it hairs in the back of the neck stuff. It's 
you know, the, the Celtic fans love it. There's that kind of minute, two minutes of sheer bedlam uh, yeah. when the Champions League music uh, starts at Celtic Park. And Which, by the way, as I've said before, I've never heard another club do that in the Champions League music. Uh, the, the fashionable thing down in England is to boo the Champions League music because they all think uh, there's a conspiracy yeah. from UEFA against them. But I know for Celtic supporters, it's a chance for us to to do our best to intimidate the opposition. And I think it's worked on a few occasions. There's few better places to be in a Champions League night. You yeah. know, you, you, you may be biased because you support that club, but plenty of other players and commentators and, you know, visitors to to Celtic Park on a Champions League night. I've said the same thing. So we can't all be wrong. No, absolutely not. Um, just looking at a comment from Monty, uh, maybe focus on a real issue like her board Laura or his axon moved on. I don't really know what Monty means by a real issue, but I'm going to try and take his advice and I'm going to ask you this, Tony. The new Awake It, what do you make of it? <laughs> uh, I, we spoke about it last week. It's... Uh, it's I, I, my, my biggest problem with it was the price. Right. I think it's scandalous. As I, like, I think we worked out it was 100 odd, 130 odd quid for the whole, the whole kit. Yeah. For, for an adult. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of people don't like the fact it doesn't have stripes at the, on the back. It's a plain back. It's obviously a. You can hear my dog going mental in the background here. It's yeah, not sure they either. <laughs> it's obviously a, a nod to the, the kit. Uh, back in the the nineties, and the player yeah. that I immediately think of when I see that kit's Rudy Vatter for some reason, you know. What I, mean? <laughs> yeah. I don't know why, but uh, that's. But yeah, you know, I, I'm not against it. I, I don't dislike it. It's not, as I say, I, I'm a nearly grown man. I don't own Celtic kits. You know, I've got a couple of tactics, but Celtic kits is something. Don't, that don't I, tell, don't tell JP. Don't tell JP. Uh, <laughs> you know, Celtic kits are something I stopped buying when I was a. Uh, I don't know, out my teens, I think. So, yeah, it's just, all, just the way I've always been. Uh, so, and I, I sometimes see grown men in kits, and I'm like, you're a grown man. Yeah. <laughs> it's each to their own. It's a I, I, I think I, 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 I'm in agreement in such that I would draw the line at the top. Uh, I think we all know what they call uh, people who buy the full kit, but we'll yeah, not, yeah. Well, this, is a, this is a family show, so we'll not, we'll yeah, not go that far. Yeah. No, the reason I asked was because... Uh, I think it's really smart, and I think it's got a bit of a, a you know, a, a, a tough time from some of the Celtic supporters I've seen mentioning it. And the other discussion I wanted to have with you about it all was, uh, it's amazing what um, what fixtures and results can do for a kit, because there can be a kit that's as beautiful as anything you've seen, and you never want to see it again if it reminds you of a particularly bad result. Now, yeah. one kit that always springs to mind when I talk about that is, I mean, it wasn't the most beautiful kit in the world, but it was this all-green uh, Celtic uh, number back in, uh, I think, Strachan's days. And the only memory I have of us in it is us losing. Uh, for anybody who doesn't know exactly the one I'm talking about, is the one that we get beat by Clyde. And uh, I think mm-hmm. we had a couple other rough results in it. And it's just one of those kits that... yeah. No matter how beautiful it is, no matter how aesthetically pleasing you think it might be, you never see a Celtic fan wearing it anymore because it just reminds you of a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a a rough time in the club's history. I'm sure you can remember times from the early nineties, probably where we had some some. I mean, we had some atrocious kits in the nineties, but we also had some beautiful ones that probably don't see the light of day because it was uh, during a time we were signing less than less than uh, auspicious players anyway. And my, my other gripe with the the striped kit is the the star. I think it's silver and or white or something, isn't it? Above the yeah. the shield. Why is it not gold? Don't know. Something needs Don't to know. I mean it doesn't matter what you do with the kit, you've got a gold star in your shirt for a reason. Yeah. You won, you won the European Cup. You know, that's that's why you've got a gold star. It should always be gold, no matter what kit you have. So and I know it's gonna be designed and it might look pretty and it's white and or, or silver, supposedly, but Nah, not for me. A gold star. That's a whole. And it should be a star that actually means something, Tony. But we'll, again, we'll not go into that. <laughs> you know, that's, that's that's another argument altogether. But that, I mean, but, I mean, that's what that's what I'm talking about. No, yeah. no Aberdeen have two stars to signify the fact that they've won two European trophies. Yes. And, yeah. I, and I've said before, right? 
you can get the greatest alchemist in the world. Doesn't matter how many stars you've got, you cannot turn silver stars into gold stars. Right? Indeed. So it doesn't matter. Celtic have got a gold star for a reason. They're a big club because of their achievement in 1967. You have to proudly show that off every time you wear that. You wear a kit representing that football club. Your modern day history is premised on that achievement and it should never be forgotten. And when you wear a Celtic shirt, that, that should always be pride of place above the badge, a gold star. Yeah. yeah. Just my thoughts. Um, David David Bradley says he thinks the kit's beautiful. Um, I'm in agreement with that. Um, Brian McGinty, though, to, to raise the point you were talking about, uh, he says he's going nearly three hundred pounds for him and his two boys. It's it, it's 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 crazy on a couple of levels for me. It's crazy on the level of you know just in in the current situation that we're all facing at the moment with petrol prices and food prices and whatever and the cost of living going up. It is insane to me to to think that that people are going to feel they have to shell out that money. And let's not make any mistake. Yes, it's not an essential purpose, but is any is is any mum or dad who's who's trying to do the best for their kids going to say no? You can't have a Celtic strip. You know, it's like it's people are doing their best to to give their kids what they can, and you know, to to think that even for a for a family with two boys. You know, there's there's families out there with even more than that that's going to be more than three hundred quid. That is not an insignificant amount of money for anybody, and it's just you just wonder. You know, even with I, I think, and I'm saying this is a non-Celtic, uh, non-season ticket holder. I nearly said a non-Celtic supporter. What am I talking? <laughs> <laughs> a non-season ticket holder. I think they should lean in more to the the, the aspect of like discounts for season ticket holders oh. on certain things and you know people are already putting out a massive financial um uh, sort of uh, you know promise to this club and and surely they should get something back for that uh, without a doubt and, and it's not going to be the only kit that Celtic released this season no so you know it's an absolute fortune I mean, the commenter there used the word scandalous it's bordering on criminal yeah honestly 300 quid for three well, I'm a father and these two sons, Celtic jerseys, 300. I mean, just say that back to yourself. Season tickets cost that. You know, that's just a ridiculous sum of money. And I think there should be some kind of uh, voucher that comes with your season ticket. Uh, you get discounted, uh, you know, prices on, on jerseys or, or whatever. There should be some tie-in with that or uh, the fact that you spend money on Celtic goods, you should be recompensed in some way whenever there's a kit launch. Every Celtic supporter that wants a kit should get a, a voucher for a discounted kit. I, I really do think that because that's just a ridiculous sum of money to ask people to pay, and especially in this day and age. I just, yeah. I, I really do feel strongly about that. You know, I, I feel for the, the, the commenter there. You know, and, and, I, and again, I get back. It is a personal choice, but if you you support your football club, why should you not be allowed to wear their colours? But a lot of people, sadly, will be priced out of that, Laura. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of kids will be priced out of that because their mums and dads or or their guardians or parents or whoever looks after them can't afford that. And I yeah. think that's really really sad. I think it's something that has to be addressed moving forward and looked at. They can have sort of uniform price for a Celtic adult jersey and kids jersey obviously as well but I, I just uh, I can't get my head around that those, those yeah. prices to be honest I, I really can't I, I find that I find that I, again the man the comment I nailed it it's scandalous it really is it's it's shameful to be honest yeah Acrobat says people are feeling the pinch even more so uh, than during COVID. The club needs to throw the fans yeah. a good question. I think they do. Elfin Priest coming at it from a different angle saying you're getting an old kit for Christmas and you'll like it. <laughs> Which was uh, some of the old school thinking that went on at the time. I, do you know, honestly, it is, it is ironic that the, that the retro kits are so in fashion now because I can remember a time when I was a kid, if you'd got last season's kit, you'd have been like that. What? But now you're looking on eBay for kits from twenty years ago, try to try to find it. So well, we, we talked about kits being synonymous with something. The 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 green kit, 
you know, being synonymous with the the nineteen eighty game against Real Madrid yeah. away in the Bernabeu. I, I, I've always liked that the wonderful kit with the green top and the, the umbro uh, design on this, you know, on the collar. I, I, I loved that away kit. I thought it was a wonderful away kit and the, the green shorts. There's a great picture of Danny McGrain uh, handing the pennant over uh, and it's, it's just it's a wonderful kit, you know. Yeah. Talking about retro kits and things that trigger memories and obviously Celtic won the first leg 2-0 and lost 3-0 in the Bernabeu but we're, we're pretty unlucky, you know. Yeah. A, Last time they got really far in the European Cup quarterfinal, so just hoping that we can maybe improve on that this season. And, and another one that works the other way around is like uh, I always think that the both the the hoops kit, the green and white kit, and the bumblebee kit that were around when the three amigos were here. I don't think any of them are particularly nice looking kits to look at, but I love them because they they are the kits of the first Celtic team I fell in love with. So as much as you can be put off a beautiful kit by the results that are, are found in it, you can learn to love a, a, a pretty pretty ugly looking kit if the memories of, of the team wearing it are good as well. The Bumblebee kit just took off really because it was Tommy Bum's swashbuckling team, wasn't it? You know, yeah, so yeah. Rip roaring, free scoring, never boring, he dared to say. <laughs> uh, but, you know, and, I, and, and, I, and the idea of that is that that Bumblebee kit, Celtic never won anything in it. Yet, you ask any Celtic supporter, they, they love the kit and they love the players that played in it. That, yeah. team's, that team's revered. You know, so and I, I've spoken to spoke to Tosh McKinley once about that and he said that people still come up to him and talk about that Tommy Burns team and, you know, that, that, that won nothing, you know, and it's synonymous with the three amigos, the, the Bumblebee kit, you know, the, the sideburns and golden boots, Cadetti scoring for fun and uh, Van Hooydonk scoring for fun as well so it's uh, yeah that he, you know it was Nick Hornby I think in Fever Pitch that said his life was played out in seasons you know sometimes part of your history is played out in kits isn't it yeah and strips and you know memories that the that, that Celtic strips trigger you know yeah. and it's just it's just the beauty of football really isn't it Oh, it's I could I could talk about it for hours. Kits are not everybody's a uh, favorite favorite topic of conversation, but certainly I could I could go on about it for hours and frequently do with anybody that will listen. So it's it's a it's an interesting one for for me anyway. Um, and Paul Diet just to bring this part of the conversation to a close says hi all. Every kit released while Angie's in charge will become iconic. I can see that happening certainly, um, and hopefully that's an indicator of what's happening on the pitch as much as what people are wearing off of it. Um, to close out the show, Tony, I was going to talk a little bit about um, about transfers again and about what we're expecting going forward. In terms of timeline, before we look again at, at, at the team and where we, where we need to strengthen, we've done a lot to get you know a number of players out of the club. Obviously, Nir Beaton and Tom Rogic uh, finished their service with us with relatively high-profile exits. We've seen Kerr McEnroy uh, offloaded to, to Kilmarnock. Luca Connell's been released. We are getting a lot rid of a lot of um, players who maybe weren't going to come in with a chance of of, uh, of making it in the Celtic team, and certainly after a number of years of trying. Um... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Before we look at who's coming in, do you think that's as, as important a part of, of the process of a transfer window as anything? No doubt. I think at this stage, the manager knows himself. People love him, but there's a ruthless streak there. Yes. You have to get rid of, and I use the term loosely, dead wood, of players that you don't think will take you on to that next level. Andy's in the process of doing that. And the first two that, that left the building were 
near Beaton and Tom Logic. Now, regardless of what you think about that, you know, the, the move to let them go was sanctioned. So they've been sanctioned by the manager, you know. Yeah. So he, I don't think there was too much in terms of persuading them to stay, despite the fact that Tom Rodgers had arguably, arguably his best season in a Celtic jersey. But if Celtic are to get to where Ange wants them, then hard decisions have to be made. Yeah. Tough decisions from, in some quarters, some people might see them as unpopular. You know, Andrew's no mucking about, you know. Everybody loves him. He loves his public utterances, but he's a manager of Celtic Football Club, and with that comes a ruthlessness and an efficiency in his job, and he's quietly going about that. There's no no two ways about it. He is now looking at players that, one, are, you know, oven ready, first team ready, but will improve your club. No one will come into Celtic now that will not be an improvement on what we already have. No one under the manager. That's a fact. You know, we're now at the stage where we can plan that meticulously. You know, you, you bring in Jota. You know, you, yeah, you've had him on loan for a season, but he's going to improve your club, isn't he? Yeah. He's a term deal, you know, and, and then anyone else that comes in will improve. Seagree's possibly coming in. He's not coming in to be second fiddle. He's coming in to challenge. Yeah. That's, Challenge laid down by Ange. Can you challenge Joe Hart for the number one jersey? Well, go and do it. That's yeah. why That's why you're coming to the club. You know, as I say, we can speculate about others coming in, but until they sign, then, you know, it's pretty pointless. But, you know, as, as a comment I said earlier, managers planned all this. This is, this is all going to plan. You know, so the players that are coming in are improving your football club to take you to the stage where he wants and the levels that he wants to take Celtic Football Club to. Yeah, I think, I think I've think i been quite encouraged by it because it's my personal opinion and this is nothing disrespectful to any of the players who have been let go. But I think it's clear from, you know, Beaton and Rogic aside who have served the club well and were always going to leave at some point, but some of the other players who've been let go who maybe haven't broke into the first team, I think... In years gone by, I've seen situations with other managers and in other uh, circumstances where they've maybe been kept on a season longer than they should have been or, or, or and, and perhaps been led to think that they were going to be given a chance that, that never came. I'm quite encouraged to see this kind of more, uh, not necessarily cutthroat, but a slightly more black and white approach to how things are done and, and to, to trying to build a team that is successful without having a too much um, sentimentality attached to to, to any player that's still at the club? Well, the great thing about your manager is that I think he's detached from sentimentality, isn't he? Yeah. There remains a real detachment from sentimentality from Ange, which is great, which augurs well for the club, because he only has the club's best interest at heart, not individuals, Celtic Football Club, and everybody benefits then from that if he's detached from sentimentality. But one thing he's certainly no detached from is reality. And he yeah. knows the he wants to bring in. He knows the areas that he needs to strengthen. And we've spoken about before, because he spoke about it. He doesn't just bring in good people and good players. He envisages players in his team before they sign for the club. It's yeah. the way he does his business. He told us that, you know, about the Claire Fontaine episode when the coach said, once you know, you know. So he, he likened it to when his wife goes shopping, she knows exactly what to get. Yeah. I know exactly what to get when I go shopping for players. So rest assured, and I've said before, he, he have an extensive and exhaustive list of players and targets that he knows can do a job for Celtic and elevate them to another level. He's yeah. currently working on that. You know, some, some, some things make their way into the public domain. Others don't. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, the players that Celtic are linked with, yeah, one or two of them arrive, but don't be surprised if one or two other names that we haven't heard of enter the building, because that's, yeah. that's just the way he does his business, or the way he thinks about who can come in to strengthen that team. 
Yeah, um, polymorphous on YouTube. I'm going to give him his moment because he says, trying to comment and Tony's lifting the words right out of my mouth. If Ange can afford to be ruthless now that he has a few players in and a leg to stand on, players must be Ange ball ready. That's exactly what you're saying. It's, it's, yeah. it, it's as much about identifying who won't be yeah. ready or fit for what we're trying to do as it is about trying to identify players to bring in that will be ready. It's what makes good managers, Laura. The ability to shut off from everything and see that and make those decisions. Right? And so far, as Paul said there, uh, you know, he now has, he's earned the right to do that and he's now slowly plotting his way through the team and through the squad. And it's, this man knows exactly what Celtic needs. He knows exactly what they need, having watched them all, all, all last season, watched them win the title and don't think for a minute that he's not got designs and get into the Champions League and making an impact. He wants to make an impact in the biggest tournament of all. And yeah. In order to do that, he's going to have to bring in players. As Paul's comment, I said to him that and ball ready, for want of a better phrase. But he's bringing in players that are going to improve that team no end. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, just before we move on, um, I'm seeing a few comments coming up about Danielle, who I know is a, a regular contributor and, and commenter um, who's not on the, the stream today. I'm not exactly sure what's going on as I'm just back, but I understand she's she's not very well at the moment and she's um, she's um, currently um, undergoing investigations to figure that out. So just want to say, obviously, from everybody at Axom, Danielle, if you're watching this back or, or, or anything, uh, all the best with, with your treatment and all the best with uh, with anything that's going on with you. Uh, I hope you're keeping well. And I think I, I speak for everybody when I say we hope to see you back in the comments sometime soon because uh, that'll obviously mean you're, you're, you're doing well. So um, all the best to Danielle and to anybody out there who's, um, who's, who's dealing with anything similar at the moment. Um, Tony, just to, to close out the show, we, we've talked about players who are who are going out. We've talked about Jota and the fact that we shouldn't panic about you know. Announce getting... Jota. Yeah, announce Jota. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that fact uh, ad nauseum already. This show. Um, but in terms of timeline, I mean, how how much do you think not being involved in the Champions League qualifiers? alters the timeline for getting players in uh, to me the more that I think about it it really is only a matter of weeks difference because you still do want players in relatively early to get into pre-season training and, and get used to things don't you? Of course yeah but I, I think that they, they bought themselves precious and valuable time by winning the title and obviously Celtic don't play in the Champions League till September but again I put it down to the fact that the manager will knows this, you'll have meticulously planned all of this and I think you will see some movement you know, probably after January June the 30th you know, so I'm I'm not panicking per se but I think the manager knows exactly what kind of squad he wants to assemble and Mm. get them them ready and up to speed you know, and he'll he'll have it in the back of his mind that yeah, time is of the essence but it's not panic stations like the way it was last season when you were fielding Dane Murray and Stephen yeah. Welsh against Michelin in the qualifiers. You know, we we did the hard bit by winning the title this season. You know, you, you did a lot of the, the hard work by doing that. You bought yourself time and you bought, you know, time to prepare and time to really weigh up what targets you're going to bring in. You know, and, and, and by obviously by the access to the, the lucrative Champions League group stages, you, you maybe sort of earned yourself some spurs in the process and a wee bit more money to spend. So you yeah. can afford to be a wee bit more picky and a wee bit more choosy in terms of your targets. And I, I, I dare say that's what the manager is, is weighing up in a session now. But trust me, there'll be players coming in. There will be players coming into Celtic and there is no panic at the minute. There doesn't need to be. Yeah, I, I, I'm in total agreement that, that panic is not the right way to go about things. We've 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 made mistakes with panic signings in the past, as we've all seen, and uh, um, and I think that that's something that we need to try and avoid. I think we, I, I, I think 
we know we've got a manager who plans ahead meticulously. We know we've got a manager who, as yet, hasn't really made a mistake in the in the in the transfer window, and I hope it continues. Um, I almost am at the point where he could sign anybody. I mean, let let's be totally honest. Uh, you know, the very fact that he signed Joe Hart and turned him into one of my favourite Celtic players to the point where. I voted for the guy for, for player of the year, just says everything you need to know. He could sign anybody at the moment and I would be saying, well, if Ange wants him, I'll I'll take him and we'll see what happens. So um yeah, I really I really hope that um we show the patience that we need to show that uh, that Ange is given the time that he needs to be given to, to make the decisions that we know he can make. And I think as we all say, trust the process and that and that'll be the, the be all and end all, surely. Yeah, and I'm sure you look at players last season, Laura, that, you know, under Ange were rotated. I'm talking about Alexa Turnbull. Yeah. You know, you've not seen the best of Gucci yet, so you don't know yep. what he's got to offer. You know, these, these guys are all going to do a, a pre-season. You know, they're going to be there all the better for it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're going to make, you know, anybody in that squad there for a reason, they're going to have to contribute. No, and they're going to make a, a hell of a con- contribution over the course of the season. Might not play every week because he, he, he likes his rotation, but I think rotation is to stop players from burning out, you know? Yeah. I mean, Callum McGregor, 60-plus games again. Well, there's a man in dire need of a rest, you know? So, and I think the manager knows that in order to, in some of the, the lesser games this season, could he afford to... Rest Callum McGregor. He'll be working on things like that right now, bringing in the type of players that you know will afford them that luxury. Yeah, you know, these kind of things. But I think it's a big season for the likes of Taylor, eh, Taylor, eh, sorry, Turnbull, the Bull, as the manager likes to call him, and yeah. O'Reilly. I want to see what O'Reilly can do because I, I like the look of O'Reilly. You know, we're, we're desperate to see what Udegichi brings to the table. So that, and obviously. Hatati as well, who looked as if he was burned out a wee bit before the end of the season. Yeah, these guys will be refreshed, and you know, and, and, and you will reap the benefit of that. And then you, you talk about adding even better players into that mix. It's yeah, it's an exciting time for Celtic and their supporters and the manager because I'm sure he's desperate to see where where it can lead to. Yeah, I, I I'm in total agreement. And and the, the thing about Callum McGregor that you that you brought up there is it's not even just about giving players like him a rest. It's about knowing that there's an option there if the worst should happen and he and he ends up injured for any reason. You know, yeah. sometimes it's not always a choice whether you can have somebody in the squad or not. It's 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 a sometimes out of necessity that you're missing somebody or or or, or having to bring somebody in so hopefully those those things are being looked at and I'm sure they will be for not just for extra options but in the cases where it's an absolute necessity but it remains to be seen what what happens with the with the team going forward what's certain is we'll be there every step of the way that's for sure um I want to say thank you to everybody in the comments for getting involved today it's been really good to be back and to be chatting with you all chatting Celtic um I've had a bit of withdrawal symptoms so it's been good to be back doing that Tony it's been good to be back on with you um on a Friday as always uh I kind of feel like we're at the start of start of the new season for me and we're we're ready to kick on uh so I'm hoping hoping uh We'll get to cover as much uh, good news as we did last season, that's for sure. Announce Jota. Announce Jota. <laughs> and with that, we will say goodbye. Thanks to everybody for watching and we'll see you again very, very soon. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet 
keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.